that's when it came out of a clear blue sky. Oh, the dear good Lord's own sweet breath and his voice like an electric shock. I Welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Chet Wild. Hey, everybody, welcome to Good, Good Luck. luck. Oh, stop it! Good Luck America, politics and news podcast. You can talk now. A uh, podcast about news and politics, if you don't stop it. What? What? I'll stop this right now. No. I will stop this. You car. already started the stopwatch. Maybe we should. I feel like maybe. Yeah, it's really no. going off the rails no, already. No, this is the pod. Say goodbye, chat. No, we have multiple <laughs> guests. I refuse. We've already started. We're running way behind. This is like one of those improv games where someone has a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's me. <laughs> Everyone on the floor. <laughs> uh, that great office clip where yeah. they tell him Michael can't have a gun. They whispers in the person's ear. <laughs> they just get down on the ground. Yeah. What, what's happening? He whispered he had a gun. <laughs> hey, that's Chet Wild, and I'm Adam Todd Brown. That's only half the talent here on the pod today. Only half. Joining us again for the second episode in a row. Stuart Thompson. I don't know why I'm pointing. We're Hello. Hello, it's Stuart Thompson, it is. <laughs> and we Here said, from merry old England. We need more pod power. We're ramping up. Next week, five guests. Next week, five <laughs> yeah. guests. Ultimately building to a 99 podcast guest Royal Rumble, <laughs> where the last person to get thrown over the edge of this loft. I mean, that's a great idea. Battle Royales are like really hot right now, so that would actually probably be really successful. That would be fun. And I'm going to leave it just like I said, which was wrong, which is that the last person thrown over is the winner. <laughs> no, that'd because be great. I want no, that. It's I want just that. Two people. Yeah. I want that no, moment. Cool, I want that moment where someone throws the last person over, and they're like, "So I won." No, the person no. you just threw. <laughs> you're going to have to jump if you want this oh, podcast title. That would be a lot of fun. So let's talk about what we're talking about this week, which is a brief history of United States missile defense. Systems. Is this also written by Howard Zinn? I've read some Howard Zinn books, I think. Okay. Wait, is he the anti-Semite? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, then no. <laughs> I think it, I, think... <laughs> I get all those names. There's so many. There's Noam I think Chomsky, if you have the there's app. Howard Zinn. I don't think it... David Icke. Noam Chomsky's worth that. Noam Chomsky's dope, yeah. Wait, are we comparing David Icke to Noam Chomsky now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just in cool, terms cool. of coolest names of all time. Yeah. I yeah. still call him David Icke, but anyway. Ike. Spelled Icke. Missile defense. We're not great at it. No. Well, at least as far as we we don't know that we're not great at I it. I mean, have any missiles <laughs> hit us? Mate, I could argue we're great at it. That yeah. is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. How safe have you felt? Right. <laughs> I don't see missiles coming in right now. On a scale of one to ten, how many missiles have hit your house? <laughs> if a I nuclear, rest my case. If a nuclear weapon exploded uh, over the middle of the Pacific Ocean, do you necessarily think our government would tell us? Or they'd be like, oh, there's going to be way too much drama Uh, along with this. We're not going to tell you. Okay, so I know you guys have done a whole other episode about nukes. Have we addressed that you pronounce it nuclear? Oh, so many times before. Yeah. Do you not know who I am on this podcast? (laughs) I'm just checking. There's always... I'm just checking. Chat, what's the... argue about this on the balcony. (laughs) I was just going to say, what's the the thing that overlooks the pool? The balcony. 
balcony. Yeah, we, we and I drink milk and I sleep on a pillow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, I don't get what what's he. You just but there the was another like, word too. I can't think of it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Chet can't talk. Sorry, it's the whole thing. So yeah, we don't really know what our missile defense capabilities are. We've just had a bunch of proposed systems, and we have our current systems. And some of the ideas, you're not going to believe this, seem a little sketchy, especially the older ones. Yeah. When we first started toying with the idea We're going to throw a horse at a missile? <laughs> throw a catapult? That wouldn't surprise me. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, Mon- the Monty Python method. Because <laughs> then it'll kick the missiles. Horses kick very strongly. Like, people forget when that's, we're... That's what it is. It's not just that the horse's impact will detonate No, right the before the horse gets to it, it's going to kick it out of the out of the so sky. We're counting on the horse being conscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. We said it wasn't the best hey, idea. Hey, no, yeah. You're right. <laughs> you're right. It needs some tweaking. Yeah, that's true. That's for sure. And by that, I mean Chet should try meth. <laughs> and then the shoe fell off the horse and went around a metal pipe, and that's how horseshoes was invented. I've not seen one horseshoe pit <laughs> since moving to L.A. Imagine. So let's talk about our missile defenses. We don't have as vigorous of a missile defense system as you would expect this far into history. Like, it's actually very limited. We spend all yeah. our money making weapons, not defending from weapons. That kind of is has been the problem. If- our foreign policy and our military spending has been very offensive-based yeah. and not defensive-based. The enough. best defense is a good offense, <laughs> and that's why I'm building a wall. so let's talk about one of our first attempts at missile defense nike zeus which is this a collab yeah it it was a limited release 700 (laughs) pairs they were only available in la at select stores the supreme missile defense system yeah i have a vape pen from the supreme brand yeah like they tried to sell those and then Did it cost you eight hundred dollars? <laughs> no, it cost me thirty because a comic friend of mine worked at a dispensary oh. where uh, they go. tried to sell these and it didn't go well. So mm. they were probably were like eighty dollars before yeah, that. Oof. Who knows? But uh Nike Zeus. This was our original plan for shooting missiles out of the sky. And the plan was to destroy Soviet nukes by firing our own nuclear weapons and detonating them in the general vicinity of the Soviet missile to destroy it. This is right up there with when, right before we launched the first nuclear weapons test, pretty much all the scientists were like, this might set the atmosphere yeah, on fire. It might destroy the entire world. Right. It but might let's give it a shot. Even when they first dropped the A-bomb, the, the, the guys behind it really thought that yes. the, yeah. there's like a 50% chance the sky just burns Yeah. Over. But listen, the only way to stop a bad guy with a nuke <laughs> is a good guy with a nuke. It's a flaming yeah. atmosphere the for only, decades and decades. The only problem with that, though, is that there are no good guys with nukes. <laughs> That's very true. I mean, you except the United States, obviously. We have been oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, arbiters no. of good in the world right. for centuries. Yeah, We, uh, we, we haven't we, even been a country for like a couple we, centuries. Yeah, we, we've... We've established that we're the good guys because we keep writing on paper that we are the good guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully they'll believe us this time. <laughs> Ooh, they do not. So yeah, the obvious problem here, it requires not only detonating your own nuclear weapon over potentially friendly territory. Right. Because this is us saying, I don't know what the trajectory of a missile from Russia would be, but this could be us being like, hey, sorry, Oregon. <laughs> 
That was going to hit California. I'm sure ideally they're thinking it'll be over a part of the Pacific or something. Right. But I mean, that's just a lot. That won't poison our food chain forever. I mean, yeah. Right. Well, we did don't we did detonate a shit ton of nuclear weapons in the Pacific uh, just for funsies. So, oh, but those people are fine. <laughs> well, I'm not cancer even talking, happens everywhere. I'm not even talking about like a bikini atoll in the islands. I'm talking about literally in the ocean. Oh like, yeah, underwater. Yeah, yeah we've well, done. We were trying to catch more fish. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> <laughs> we had that policy. I think it was called something like project plowshare or something (laughs) probably but it was a plan where we were going to detonate nuclear weapons under the surface to get fossil fuels and minerals out and we just irradiated most of new mexico instead (laughs) great yeah but at least they get all the ufos Uh, i love this country so the other problem here is if you're being hit with a nuclear strike there's potentially going to be more than one missile and you need your radar systems to identify those incoming missiles and launching a nuclear weapon within eye shot of your radars or whatever you want to call it is going to temporarily blind those radars so all the other missiles that come in after that for at least a bit are just going to get through because they they won't be able to find missiles to the sky (laughs) i know you think we could just put a big net up there yeah a net of missiles yeah (laughs) all you gotta do is move the wall upward yeah (laughs) make it a dome Make it a glass. Yeah. Make build it. that dome. dome. Build a dome. Build just bu- build a roof. Yeah. yeah. America just needs a roof. It doesn't need a wall. It needs a roof. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If build that wall became build that, that dome, dome and wasn't based on immigration and it was just about building a cool ass like, dome. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Clean air and yeah. Yeah. I've seen but the now, Simpsons. Okay. I know how well it can go. But if we built the dome, then either it's big enough to cover the entire country but then we have also taken land from Mexico and Canada, or we have to choose which parts of the country don't deserve to get covered. Yeah, we by can the we dome. can cut off the crust of this country. <laughs> yeah, just and that, it's just real America yeah. in the middle. Okay, that would be the entire debate. Trump said it was going to be a dome, and it's going to be shaped like America. That's not a <laughs> dome. It's a do- it's a dome over the heartland. Yeah, exactly. The coastal elites get their get the regular air, and yeah. They don't want to call it a dome. I call it a dome. It's an inflatable <laughs> dome, and then it snows, and yeah, all of the Midwest is just buried. Yeah, and it's colored like one of those exterminator things that they put over your house. Well, I assume the dome oh, like was, a clown tent. Mm-hmm. I assume the dome was under the clouds, and then the, oh. the the snow would fall, and then we get a bunch of snow on the coast. Oh, that'd oh, be nice. That would be. S- sn- I always wanted snow days growing up in the Bay yeah. Area, and <laughs> I never got them. This, this is a, this is our chance. Yeah, Dream come true. That's yeah. true. So we gave up on that program pretty quickly. Yeah. Weird. And then our next idea was called Project Defender. (laughs) And see if you can identify the problem here. What we were going to do is just hover a satellite above Russia and wait for them to launch a missile, and then we would shoot it down from that satellite. Yeah, great. What's to stop Russia from just going up and destroying that satellite? (laughs) You know, There's absolutely nothing stopping them from... Just killing that satellite first. You put a dome around the satellite. There it is. <laughs> hey, build it's, that. It, it's foolproof. It's all domes. Build that ball. Build. It yeah. Would be like round. Like, yeah, I guess it would be a sphere. <laughs> it's really, hard, really hard to get a crowd to say sphere. Yeah, it's in, true. In rhythm. <laughs> so shockingly, we dropped Project Defender as an idea almost as soon as it started <laughs> because 
no country is going to take kindly to you hovering a murder satellite right above them except i'm sure that that's we probably do it yeah we probably yeah. do it now it's just they're they're not uh detected yeah this there was a story that came out a couple weeks ago you know china just landed on the dark side of the moon allegedly and one of the systems they use to do that is this big satellite in or this big radar antenna system in argentina mm-hmm. and the u.s is all up in arms because we're like well they can use that to spy on our satellites and meanwhile we have these same things all over the yeah. world so what we're saying is we're spying on your satellites yeah don't do it to ours please. <laughs> that's hey, i mean that's please that's literally that's true all of uh, Americans for America's foreign policy is, uh, hey, I know we're doing this, but we would really appreciate it if you wouldn't. Right. We're protecting our interests. Yeah, but you don't get to. So then comes the Sentinel program, which after- I read about this in X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was developed by Dr. Trask. And-, <laughs> and with this, we went back to the idea of shooting missiles out of the sky And this time we'd be using a series of installations all around the world. We recognized a few concerns. For one, still shooting missiles down over potentially friendly territory. No one's going to like that. Uh, We're also building an anti-ballistic missile system. Could have just led to a new arms race, but a defensive one instead of an offensive one. And it also could have just prompted a country to attack us ahead of time. Yeah. Because what people forget about nuclear weapons and anti and missile defense systems is mutual assured destruction. Mm-hmm. That's what really keeps the world from launching into nuclear war. But if one country can defend itself from that nuclear war, right. then the mutually assured destruction thing is kind of off the table for them. And that makes the world, ironically, makes the world less safe, yeah. having more missile defense systems. And so we didn't want any of that. So... All of these concerns led the U.S. and Russia to enter into an anti-ballistic missile treaty in 1972. This is the craziest fucking <laughs> detail. It allowed each country, I mentioned this on the last episode, it allowed each country to, to pick one target in their country that they wanted to defend with an anti-ballistic missile system. Russia chose Moscow. Oh, yeah. And their system is still in place and has been upgraded and improved every year since we put this treaty in place. We chose to protect the Grand Forks Air Force Base because all our nukes were there, and we kept that system in place for months. (laughs) And it is not there anymore. (laughs) Cool. Why did we stop? (laughs) I don't know. Can I say the Dairy Queen there is fantastic? Oh, I'm sure it is. it's It's really worth protecting i've actually been to grand forks because i lived in sioux falls south dakota for a long time and i would the only fun thing to do in sioux falls is leave and yeah <laughs> go to other places so i would go to a lot of concerts in minneapolis and fargo and just like i think grand forks is just maybe an hour hour and a half past fargo and it's a big college town i saw the saddest concert of my life there mm-hmm. it was ever clear in the early 2000s so when it it was dicey they some for some reason booked a hockey arena for this ever clear show and i shit you not maybe 500 people showed up nice so it was an entirely empty arena and just a 
bunch of people crowded in front and off to the side. And they were all on the ice, too. The musicians were slipping everywhere. <laughs> it was a nightmare. And it sounded like trash. And then, well, it was Everclear. And well, then, it's cold. And then that, we, that throws we heard the Everclear two this year, summers this ago and also sounded like trash. Yeah, they're not a great live band. And to or add, a recorded band, honestly. Oh, come on. No, they have good tunes. No, I was a big fan of them when I was in like junior high, high school or whenever they, you know, had the big album, but like didn't No, I liked some of their I liked Slow Motion Daydream. I thought that was a good album. I liked uh this songs, is not the from podcast an, to, songs from an American movie to, yeah, to wow. put down late nineties, early two thousands artists. I'm not putting. I I just don't. I don't know where you think you are, bub. I've only heard the their big breakout album, and uh, I have listened to it recently, and was not a fan. It's still good. Anyway, fuck Everclear. Yeah. Let's get back to talking about. Yeah, that was the Safeguard program. Cool. That was. Well, it was for a little while. Yeah. Our our big idea was let's protect our nuclear weapons at least, and then we somehow gave that up within a couple months. Then we tried something, or we thought of something called the Homing Overlay Experiment, which is a movie title waiting to happen, (laughs) if nothing else. And this silly goose, it was just a big contraption in space that looked like an umbrella skeleton, Mm -hmm. which everyone should know what that means. It's an umbrella where the metal parts, but you take the cover off. What an umbrella looks like a after bony a cartoon umbrella. character yeah, yes. with a whitening. It was an umbrella that was made out of bones, and the yeah. bones deflected missiles. And it doesn't eat enough. Yeah, there's a pterodactyl that actually protects you and lays <laughs> yeah. bones. And... Bonnie! <laughs> and this was called a kinetic kill device, which is dope. That is a great name. Yeah. That I would like be, that a lot. Kinetic kill vehicle is a much better movie title than homing overlay experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, that could be the sequel. It could be the homing overlay experiment, and then part two would be- Or just a subtitle. Kinetic kill vehicle. Yeah. Where, let's write this. Yeah, okay. But this thing was just basically, it looked like an umbrella skeleton. It spun around, and if a nuclear weapon was detected, it would fly to that and knock it out of the sky. Wow. That's how we were going to destroy it instead of- Sounds like a great idea that could never possibly go wrong. Well, it knocks it out of the sky to where? That's what I wonder. <laughs> to yeah. another sky. I, I would imagine the, uh, the idea. Sorry, Australia. <laughs> so this was not in space. I don't think we ever put one of these in space. We didn't stick with this okay because that would be program my, yeah. that lo- or no it failed in three out of four tests so maybe we did put one in space so it yeah. succeeded but it was supposed one out of it, four the tests. idea was it was going to be in space and <laughs> right yeah so i would imagine then that they're knocking it further into space hopefully fuck you mars <laughs> deal I, with it space garbage i'm wondering if that that technology could be improved with uh in improvements in drone technology yeah isn't because that's essentially what this is it's like a drone that, right that yeah blocks missiles. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to have a drone with a net. I feel like that's probably why we don't have much of a missile defense system now because our drones are so advanced that we can just send them off to do you know at the last minute. You'd think. No, well, one, well, you, would, once, you would hope. Once no, we, I don't. Yeah. I mean, they've been delivering our Amazon packages, and once they all get drafted to our missile defense system, yeah, uh, to the drone army, then I think we have a, a chance. Or what if Jeff Bezos angry? that we didn't let Amazon set up shop in New York, moves to China, and starts delivering their nukes via drone to us. Oh, that's, that's not a, a bad good idea. idea. Yeah. 
You, uh, you, you say that's not a bad idea. Yeah, you should call him. <laughs> how far yeah, away are we? Go for it. How uh, far away from? Are he's we going from through like... a divorce. Let him do his thing. <laughs> he's got. Jeff's got to get his groove back. How far away are we from? I mean, you can already have cameras that are like the size of the end of your fingernail. Like, how far away are we from like half-inch drones that you could just fly into people's houses without them knowing? Oh, there are bug-sized drones yeah. already okay. that exist. Yeah. Uh, Creepy. But yeah, no. But like, we've got. Drones that can kill one person, you know, thousands of miles away remotely, feels like that might be harder than shooting a missile. But I don't know. Yeah, and I don't. Do we have drones that can go to space? What if we just uh, nuke people know. that own drones? That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Why don't we just nuke everyone else? Why can't we just use our nukes? Why don't we just yeah? Nuke I was at Kenneth Hahn Park. Ourselves? I was at Kenneth Hahn Park last week with my dog, sitting by a pond, enjoying some ducks, and I shit you not, somebody drove up with their SUV, they opened the window, put the drone out, and then played with their drone over the fucking pond from their car. Ruining my day. That sounds fun. No, fuck that. I would do it. Their lu- their luxury was impinging on your... Apparently. <laughs> I like that the way you told that story made it sound like you and your dog were eating ducks. No, we're... So me and my dog were enjoying some ducks. We were feeding the ducks. Feeding on the ducks? We were, feeding the we ducks. were feeding the ducks to each other. <laughs> <laughs> feeding them with bread. So after the homing overlay experiment was deemed a failure, that's when we, we get into the big one. Mm. Strategic Defense Initiative, a.k.a. Star Wars. Hell yeah. Which only Reagan believed in, right? Everyone else is like, this guy's kind of fucking nuts. Uh, we'll get to it. It was <laughs> it was more Democrats. Like, as you would expect, as it is now, it was then. It was Democrats who came up with the idea of calling it Star Wars. Yeah. Well, it I was a... frankly don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Star Wars is what we kind of know it by now, but it was like, it's kind of like Obamacare, where it started out as the opposition that was their way of slandering it right making fun of it and one thing i found really interesting while researching this reagan's idea if star wars had been successfully developed and worked was to give it to russia also so at that point we both have this robust missile system Mm -hmm. that even if we freak out and decide to to attack each other we both have the missile defense system to shoot it down yeah and the conspiracy theorist in me wants to believe that played at least some role in us being like, no, no, don't do that. Like we have wars to conduct and we need money. We need to make money. Yeah. We can't it can't all come from selling guns to Central America, Reagan. Well, and not to mention, yeah, we're not a big fan in general of any idea that could prevent us from firing nuclear weapons. Right. Like uh yeah. Yeah, no one wants to put, you know, weighted gloves on if they don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, the idea for Star Wars or Strategic Defense Initiative, how about I just call it SDI? How about I just call it Star Wars? That sounds easy. Well, I want to show, no, I mean, it's Reagan. I don't want to show respect. Yeah, why would you Fuck show him. Star Wars. Let's just call it, let's just call it Pew Pew and just. Yeah. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, Reagan did get kind of maybe duped into agreeing to this. The, it's hard to believe. He was so smart. He was so swift and so together. Yeah. His cognitive. I think, cognitively, our greatest president of all time. Yeah, he was all there. Yeah. yeah, yeah How do you totally argue with that? Not just chowing down on jelly beans. Yeah. Fucking eight years. His secretary of state, George Schultz, said the idea for Star Wars started with a 1967 lecture by Edward Teller, who is the father of the hydrogen 
bomb. Yeah. His, his lecture fit. was entitled, Don't Do It. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and the topic was missile defense. In that speech, Teller floated the idea of using nuclear weapons to defend against nuclear weapons in space. <laughs> and Reagan was in the audience for that lecture. So that's where Reagan first gets introduced to this idea. In 1979, so 13 years later, Teller contributed to a Hoover Institute publication where he talked about Russia's civil defense efforts and how the U.S. was going to need to catch up, obviously. Yeah. And that same year, Reagan visited NORAD. and The people that track Santa? The people that track Santa. Fuck and yeah. he said, stop tracking Santa. We gotta work on missile defense. Yeah, we really wish you would track a little bit more than just reindeer. And that's how Russia bombed us with a nuke dressed as Santa. <laughs> <laughs> it's a robot Santa. <laughs> Call it a gift. <laughs> he visited NORAD and at one point asks, well, what do we do if someone's sending a missile our way? Well, how do we stop it? Yeah. And they were like, oh, we can't. <laughs> we can identify where it came from and, you know, maybe fire weapons back, but we can't stop it. Yeah. And yeah. he was horrified. You know, it really does seem like these weapons are a terrible idea. You would think. Nuclear weapons? Yeah. It just seems... That's a wild stance. I know. I don't know like, if I'm willing to co-sign. I'm, re <laughs> I'm ready for nunchuck wars. I really, really... Just come back to nunchucks. I just... And I feel we like we could just even go back to just guns. I really just feel like we should be able to control our weapons. I mm. mean, well, maybe that's maybe that's just me. I'm living in a fantasy world, talking crazy. Well, that, I mean, that's a that's the theme of a lot of graphic novels, right? They'll they'll set up, you know, some character becomes this sort of weapon that's so powerful yeah. that no one can really stop it, and the only way for it for that weapon to be stopped is just you got to like send it into space or send it right, to the yeah. center of the earth and like the Hulk. Know. Yeah, the Hulk, Superman, yeah. Phoenix. There's yeah, all totally. all kinds of characters go through that, and I think we're just we're kind of living that. Yeah, yeah. And all of those are you know based on these kinds of nuclear fears mm. as well. Yeah. So a short time after Reagan visits NORAD, Edward Teller has another speech. This time at a conference in Italy, and he says basically the same thing: we need to catch up with Russia. But he adds one twist. And that twist is that Russia was developing space weapons, mm. and now we really need to catch up with their space weapons. Girl. <laughs> and Space weapons. And we did later, I think, get some evidence that they had been working on space-based stuff since the 60s. But at this time, no, no evidence right. of that whatsoever. What there was very definitive evidence of was the fact that Edward Teller had developed a space laser that he was trying to sell. <laughs> To the government. What is this, an Austin Powers movie now? <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. He developed a space laser. <laughs> That's what they call them. Yeah. They're space la I want to see one of these things work. Like, I we mean, need a nuclear war just I so I can watch. Do they I don't put them you... on the, the heads of the space sharks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't think you could see it work though like that's the thing about not with that fucking attitude okay. <laughs> well, you know, fine. are those sharks with space <laughs> lasers attached to their heads <laughs> so yeah he was trying to sell a new space laser that he developed a group headed by teller met with reagan several times in 1981 in 1982 they didn't make any progress until a 1983 intelligence report that suggested russia had been developing space weapons 
since the 1960s. Oh, shit. And with that, on March 23rd, three days after my birthday, the same year Chicken McNuggets blessed <laughs> the United States with their presence, Reagan announced SDI in a nationally televised speech. Stuart, read that quote. I call upon the scientific community who gave us nuclear weapons to uh, turn their great talents to the cause of mankind and world peace, to give us the means of rendering these nuclear weapons impotent and obsolete. Impotent and obsolete? Are they talking about Reagan's sex life? (laughs) Oh, man. And now pray because you you used the word impotent. Nancy just said no (laughs) (laughs) to his advances. And... That's actually probably the Reagan quote I agree with the most in the world. Yeah. Like, it's a nice sentiment, and who knows if it's what he was actually trying to accomplish well, with, with this. It's just been so long since I've heard a president endorse science. <laughs> yeah, especially a Republican president. Well, of any, of like any kind. If, uh, if Reagan was really so uh, committed to nuclear deterrence... He would have uh, enacted the Fisher Protocol. You guys know about Roger Fisher? I do not. Uh, Roger Fisher, he's a nuclear theorist. Uh, In 1981, during Reagan's term, he published a theory for preventing nuclear weapons from being launched. And basically the idea is that, uh, you know, the guy who carries the football, the nuclear football, instead of having the codes in a briefcase, he would instead have the codes in a tiny little capsule that is inserted behind his heart. Whoa. And so if the president ever wanted to launch nuclear weapons, he would have to murder that man with his own hands Whoa. and cut out his heart and take out the codes and use those to launch. Because he needed to know that you desperately needed to use those codes. Trump would just shoot the guy in yeah, the no, middle of the explanation. <laughs> You'd have to put him in Trump's heart. Like that would be the like ideally I think the the key tweak would be to put it in the president's heart. Right. And but like yeah. if I was president I would I would view it happening like a it would be like a a thing from Double Dare. Like a, <laughs> we're like I get the guy's heart open I kill him but then like I can't find the thing and all around my heart. There's yeah, so no, much exactly. slime in but, there. You know you got to take these things into account and keep your cholesterol in check, Gary. I can't open it and there's blood all over. I can't. But yeah, it. so if I feel like if Reagan really wanted to back up his words, he would uh, he would do that. I get that. I think if you're not going to do that, you got to give a little bit more power, a little bit more agency to the person who holds the nuclear yeah. football. Yeah. Call him the nuclear quarterback. <laughs> give it. <laughs> Give I do it, like that. Give it to Tom. <laughs> give it to Tom Brady. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Don't like that. Anymore. No, that's a that is not a good idea. Connor McSpadden mentioned this on a conspiracy podcast, and I don't. I've never. I haven't looked it up, but it sounds like something that would be true. But apparently, when you're elected president, they show you a video that like really shows you the impacts of detonating a nuclear weapon on yeah. a population. It just, like, horrifies you? Like, it's a, it's meant to really drive home that this is, like, your last resort. Right. Like you, your, your job is mostly to not launch nuclear weapons as the president. You do hear a lot of rumors about, like, they'll show you a video that shows you the truth about shit. When yeah, you're I've heard it's a book that has if the Trump, truth. Yeah, the book would make more sense because if it was a video, you know Trump would have blabbed about it. But a book, he's like, yeah, well, I read it on executive time. Well, the the story is that, like, when Bush saw it, he fucking cried. Like, every president yeah. who's seen it was, like, really fucking taken aback by it. And Trump was on his phone the whole time. Of course, yeah. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> not surprising in the least. It's the story, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to if, get these tweets out. 
Yeah. If it's if 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 true, like if that video does exist or you know, uh, then there's no way that it affected Trump in any way. Watching videos of our beautiful like, nuclear weapons in action right now. But honestly, that's kind of what makes uh, George W. Bush so fucking heinous is that he cried watching that video yeah. and then still bombed thousands of people in Iraq. Yeah, I hate that we call Vice a comedy so much. That is a horror movie. Uh, yeah, I still haven't seen it. Uh, I was so watch. excited when I saw the trailer. And then... It's a good movie. It, it, I mean, it's it's an Adam McKay movie. It's well yeah. made, but... But doesn't that movie, assuming it's factual, show that, like, didn't Cheney override Bush? Was it the the I- He when? overrode Bush on one thing, which what was, was thing again? he said he wouldn't uh, campaign on... Uh, anti-gay marriage oh, because yeah, his daughter that. no 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 happened. I'm talking about one there in like the situation room and Bush isn't there and Cheney's just like do it drop oh, the muscles oh. yeah probably I mean that was his whole thing he yeah. like Bush gave him authority to do that it's the only way he could get hard and people are like oh it really people. humanizes Dick Cheney no it doesn't it makes him look like a fucking psychopathic monster I gotta watch it but I've heard mixed things it's a good movie. The only funny parts are when Dick Cheney has a heart attack, and that happens a lot. So uh, that's some comic relief. But he does shoot his friend in the face in that movie, right? He does. And then, just a reminder to history, that friend apologized Yes. Oh, no, him. I was going to say, it is one they of my, cover that one of my favorite too. stories of all time, yeah. and I literally laughed about that for a week straight when it happened. I just want to apologize just... for putting my face in, in front of your gun. <laughs> that's yeah, pretty yeah, much what it was. That... He was like, I'm sorry for putting the vice president in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like, good. What? So good. Ah, oh, vice. So the real problem with Star Wars or SDI is that it was way ahead of its time yeah. in terms of technology. And that's what ultimately killed it. There was a 1987 report by the American Physical Society, which was basically the death knell for the idea of using 1980s cocaine lasers to shoot Aww. nukes in outer space. I know. And the American Physical Society said, turn your head and cough. Right. And they said, nope, can't do <laughs> I this. I wanted coke lasers. <laughs> the report considered all of the systems then under development and concluded none of them were anywhere near ready for deployment. Yeah. Specifically, they noted that all of the systems had to improve their energy by at least 100 times, and in some cases, as much as a million in a best-case scenario, they concluded that none of the systems could be deployed as anti-missile systems until sometime into the next century. Yeesh. Which, that sounds like yeesh, but also we're talking 1987. They mean yeah. 13 years from now. I mean... Like, I, I'd give them 13 years to develop a space laser that but shoots it, missiles out of the sky. At the same time, we can still barely, like, power lasers that can, like, affect objects and shit, and to, the idea that we were going to be able to do that in the 80s or 90s and put it into space? Right. And then just keep it powered forever? It's like, well, I guess if we can f- fix our vision, I guess we can do anything with these things. <laughs> yeah, one, I wonder, because when you when you look into what we have now, I do legitimately wonder if we should have maybe put a little, I mean, and we did put a little more effort into this like it carried on in some various forms of development until the early 90s and then clinton yeah i think killed it i mean you know maybe if trump had backed this instead of space force it would have been more uh like accepted do not get me started on space force no, we absolutely no, I, I, need space i know force. you're into space force i'm not into it i'm not in it 
No, I don't. I didn't but mean into it. I'm not in, in it. it. I'm not in it. No one thinks you're in Space Force, Adam. Yes, you do. So let's talk about what the fuck we have now, which okay. is a radical departure from cool space lasers that shoot <laughs> missiles out of the atmosphere. Yeah, I'd say it's the polar opposite. Yeah, and it's not very comforting with Russia and China no. emerging as legitimate threats in a, oh, they might drop a bomb on us yeah. kind of way. Our current, in the 90s and early 2000s, we shifted our strategy to a more conservative goal of preventing nuclear blackmail or terrorism at the hands of a rogue state. And that basically means if North Korea decided to attack us, right. we're equipped for that because they've got like nine or 10 nukes. Yeah, But China, which is still on the low end, of countries that possess nuclear weapons only has like 200 some. And then you get into Russia and the US and we've got yeah. like seven or 8,000. China each. only has enough to obliterate every living thing on the planet. It's no big deal. You know who's got more? France. Yeah. Really? No, I, yeah. France has because more. Because that's and, how it is. Sometimes you have bums, sometimes you don't. <laughs> the UK, I think, sometimes has more. Baguettes. And they're tiny. Yeah, yeah. They're so small. And they have so many missiles. India doesn't have as many as you'd expect for being the world's largest fascist-leaning democracy. They just launch people at you. Well, they do have a space program, so if that's what yeah, you mean. They have the people launcher. Yeah. It's called the space shuttle. They bought it from us. <laughs> so, yeah, we basically we shifted to this more conservative strategy, which is almost in line with when the WikiLeaks thing happened. One of the most fascinating things that came out of that was the U.S. military unconventional warfare guide that basically said, hey, this is how we're fighting wars for the foreseeable future. And it was all about how to go into a country and basically rile the people up enough right. to overthrow the government. Destabilize. And this feels like a similar thing where we, we were so secure on the world stage. We're like, yeah. well, Russia's not a threat anymore. China's not a threat we need to just worry about North Korea and places like that. Yeah, Russia became a democracy, and so we don't have to worry about them anymore. And then Putin Phew. or... <laughs> yeah. And then the... Really dodged a bullet. Russian apartment bombings happened. That's another episode. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, are we going to go into apartment bombings? <laughs> oh, it's, it feels, it's, feels a little bit like a step back. <laughs> it's Russia's 9-11. Well, they it's were how, bombed with nuclear missiles. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Uh... It's how Putin took power. Yeah. Like, oh. they had these... Because Boris Yeltsin, when he was leaving office, was going to face all these corruption charges. And Putin comes to him and is like, well, if I'm president, I'll just pardon you. And the problem was nobody knew who Putin was at the time because he was a KGB agent. Yeah. And that's not a public job. Like, you right. don't get on magazine covers doing that. And <laughs> Secret so, Agent Weekly. <laughs> so then near the end of Yeltsin's run, the series of apartment bombings happen. And Putin, like, positions himself. Like, he comes out immediately. Leon is like, it's Chechens. We're going to escalate the war in Chechnya. We're going to yeah. fucking punish them for this. And there were four bombings. One funny thing that happened before the fourth bombing, a guy was giving a speech somewhere in Russia, like a government official, and he referenced a bombing that had not happened yet. Whoa. And it like happened, the Bowling Green Massacre. <laughs> it happened three days later. Whoa. So there was clearly already some <laughs> inner inner workings here. And then the fifth bombing, they catch the people doing it, and they were fucking Russian FSB agents. Wow. Which is the agency Putin ran at the time. Fucking shocker. And before that part came out, Putin was like, oh, good job. You caught the bomb. Good job. <laughs> like, that's what you guys should do. That's, thank, you're being good Russians. 
And then he was like, it was just a military exercise. You did good. You passed. And it's like, no, you bombed your own people to become president. Obviously. Yikes. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, uh, Putin's a bad guy. He's very bad. Yeah. I I haven't been able to come to a conclusion on that guy. I just can't put my finger... The science is out. That's the thing that bums me out about everyone's... like. There's a big overreaction to the whole Russian meddling thing, which was like a big deal, and like we should definitely yeah. be worried about it. But like that's provoked a counter backlash of like, oh, it's no big deal. We don't have to worry about it from like people on the left who should know right. that Putin is a bad person. Right. Like it feels like we're like in a place where because uh, so many right wing people and so many dumb bad people like are crazy about Russia. Putin didn't like Hillary, must yeah. be a good guy. Yeah. That we're, that we're like totally chill with this guy who like <laughs> practically hunts LGBT people for sport. Like he's like a fucking monster. Yeah. It's really fucking bad in Russia. And now they're cracking down on rappers too. Not surprising. Yeah. No, not really. So let's talk about some of our current systems and then we'll get the fuck out of here. We have a few different systems to keep us safe. From nuclear attacks. The horse catapult system. I put that in air quotes. There's the horse catapult system. There's uh, the Armageddon system, where Ben Affleck <laughs> and a select group of astronauts land on the missile. <laughs> that's... That system comes with animal crackers. Right. And then they just wrestle it out of the sky. I don't know that I get the animal crackers thing. Because he had a... Okay, never mind. <laughs> there, there was a weird make-out scene in that Where movie. Where he had okay. animal crackers right. on her boob. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> and so we currently have ground-based missile defense systems located somewhere in Alaska, which seems like a good place for him. Yeah. And at Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. And I've looked into these before. We've tested these. And they're accurate, like... Two two out of four times, yeah. maybe two out of three, if that. And what that means is if, say, we fire one of those uh, low-yield weapons at North Korea and they mistake it for our real weapons mm -hmm. and they send all nine or ten of their weapons at us, we'll shoot down a few. Yeah. But a few are going to land. And how does how, how safe, <laughs> how safe <laughs> does everyone feel shoot now? Shoot them yeah. down. They're going down. It's well, all, I mean it's only yeah. it's only gonna be two nukes that hit us. Yeah. As opposed That's to all. five. And it'll probably be San Francisco. San Francisco or Los Angeles, who cares? So they are working to expand the system so it can handle incoming missiles all at once, but we don't have it yet. If you dropped a nuke on San Francisco or LA, I wonder if it'd trigger an earthquake. Well, there, people, people will. Yeah, have, there are theories. People about there it. will be triggered one way or the other. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Fucking California. <laughs> and how's your safe space doing now? Huh? <laughs> it's fucking ruins, is how it is. This bunker is a safe space. <laughs> There's also the Aegis system or Aegis system or Chet pronounced Aegis system. Which we discussed on the last episode. This is the missile defense system that Russia accuses us of violating the INF Treaty with. And according to the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, Russia has a very valid point. But this is a mostly... It, this system is based on naval ships. It uses naval radar, and that means it's more mobile. It can operate in international right. waters, so it's not beholden to any of your stupid laws. And it is ostensibly meant to shoot down any incoming 
missiles from Iran. But as we mentioned on the last episode, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, which is the outfit that decides how close to midnight we are in terms of if we're close to nuclear destruction, they actually say that the system is not fast enough to defend us from Iran. But what it is, is capable of being an offensive system. If we just put you can right. put both kinds of missiles in it, but we say we're just using the defensive missiles. They claim those wouldn't sure. even work. So who knows if we even have a missile defense yeah. system in that situation. Uh, and then there's also THARP, which is a, it's called Terminal High Altitude Area Defense. It's another mobile ground-based system. We have one deployed in the United Arab Emirates, Guam, and on a fucking golf course in South Korea. Cool. And this is an another... Pro system that has caused a lot of issues with North Korea and Russia, where they're like, hey, if you have that, that means we can't even attack you. So no more mutually assured destruction. So what the fuck? And we're just like, don't worry about it. We're the United States. (laughs) But that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like, we don't have much protecting us from a nuclear attack in this country. The safeguards around nuclear weapons, both in defense and in preventing them from being launched on our side are uh, terrifyingly paltry. Oh, like, sure. It takes literally nothing for the president of the United States to launch a missile. It takes him going, hey, guy with the suitcase, give it to me, and we're going to launch missiles now. He hikes the nuclear court football. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Then Trump drops Which it. Which is... And w- then Trump shoots him in the chest because he heard about that on <laughs> yeah. Fox News once. So it's like... I thought I had to do that. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, so we don't have any missile defense. And also, we have the president who is the most likely to just randomly on impulse launch nuclear miss- missiles. And I don't like that combo. No, it's a bad combo. And we're building a bunch of tactical nuclear weapons now that we pulled out of that treaty, which, and this is the administration talking, will give Trump more flexibility. Yeah, like he needed it. To use nuclear weapons. It was not hard. It was not easy enough. Yeah, it just felt like we were protected by mutual assurances, and now we don't have them. Right. (laughs) That is basically what pulling out of that treaty does, is it kind of takes that away. And it's not just on... I mean, you know, this is a, a situation where it's not just on America, but, like, we're an aggressor. No, definitely not. Like, it's, like, Russia is, is also, uh, you know, a, a, an aggressive nuclear power and and these sorts of things, but, like... I don't know if I agree with that. This episode brought to you by RT.com. I forgot you were collaborating with RT. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We did. We got to get Lee on this episode. He was a good guest. Yeah. He was fun to talk to. Funny dude. Russia's probably listening to this now. Yeah, but cool. You're still a fun guest. Hey, guys, uh, I'm not gay. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Please leave me alone. Putin, Putin, Putin. That's how you trip. Uh, me and Quincy's podcast, What in the World, routinely gets one download a month from Russia. And it's ah. always like, who is that? <laughs> who has been assigned at the FSB to listen to our podcast? Yeah, it's one of, it's one of the guys at the troll farms. Yeah, probably. I get, yeah. All I do is trigger Bernie Bros and listen to Unpops. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's all right. Uh, so, yeah, we're all going to die in a nuclear attack. Do we have any final thoughts? Is that before or after our next show? This will come out after our next show. Okay. I just hope it lands, like, on or near my house. That's... Yeah, so I don't... evaporated? I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a marauder. I don't want to maraud. No. 
I don't want to protect my stockpile of fucking water. You're not. You're <laughs> not a road warrior. No yeah. way. I'm barely a weekend but, warrior. And I also, yeah. but like, I also don't want it to like drop like two miles away from my house, and so I just have to slowly die while my skin melts off and like that sort of thing. I referenced this a whole lot on this podcast. There was a fascinating article in the New York Times a couple years ago about what would happen if like a single nuclear weapon was dropped on Los Angeles. Yeah. And if you're in the blast radius, you're going to die. Yeah, you're turned into a shadow. But the further you are from the blast radius... San Bernardino talking to you. <laughs> well, even like Burbank. Like yeah. if it's, if you're like, if you can get, if everyone just got inside their cars and waited for the radiation to pass, something like 40% of people would survive. And the more indoors you can get to let that radiation pass, the like if everyone in LA, one, if LA had basements, but if everyone in LA could get to a basement, <laughs> most people who weren't in the blast radius yeah. would survive. Uh, I don't know if you'd want to. Yeah, yeah the problem more is parking. how long do you have to wait? Yeah, that, that'd be a long time to, as speaking from experience, it's a long time to live in your car. Well, you want, you're mostly just waiting for the nuclear fallout to pass like there's like right. five minutes is that two hours well that's the thing like no one really knows. everything we know about nuclear weapons comes from like the stuff they scared us with yeah in the 80s but like when they talk about nuclear winter where oh if a bomb drops then the sky's gonna catch on fire and it's just gonna be black for hundreds of years that actually requires dozens of nuclear yeah. strikes all in the same area throwing stuff up into the atmosphere but one isn't gonna do that well yeah nope. it didn't do that to japan right right no but there'll still be lingering radiation that could kill you and also but even then there are there are actually ideal weather conditions in which you would want to be struck by a of, nuclear of weapon. course yes um you want it to be like it's a toss-up of whether you want it to be cloudy or clear yeah if it's cloudy then you stand less chance of being blinded in the flash that's going to come after right if it's clear you might you might get blinded, but also there's no clouds to hold yeah, that, that fallout over you. Uh, but the other thing is that uh, the the weapons now are so much more powerful than right. they were when the last time we ever used them on a civilized pop, uh, yeah. population. Well, this was taking that into account. Yeah, no, totally. But like, we just don't have any sort of reference point, like real world reference point for how because not only is it like. A lot of these theories about the destruction that will be caused by nuclear weapons just comes from the raw numbers of the force that's output and the radiation that's put in the atmosphere. But it doesn't take into account, like, most of the damage from nuclear weapons comes from fires that rage right. forever because everything's on fire. Well, there used to be PSAs in the 60s, the 50s and 60s, and I feel like they should still do it. But they were about the importance of keeping your yard clean. <laughs> And the reason for that is that's what causes the fires after a nuclear blast is that anything that is even sort of kindling is going to catch on fire. Well, California's not raking their forests, so we're fucked. Well, I mean, if you have a bunch of shit in your front yard that could catch on fire, your yeah, house is well, probably going to catch but, on fire. Or if it even just, like, if it dropped in the summer when it's dry... Like, yeah, we yeah. would have massive wildfires throughout the entire city. Honestly, anybody that survived would probably kill themselves after not having cell signal for three hours anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to be hard LA. to find weed. I'm not going to want to live in that world. <laughs> or yeah. No it. Netflix. Man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 
Exactly. Download your programs. Yeah, you're going to be living in your car <laughs> for months with no Netflix. Ew. No good. Ew. Just end the world. Hope y'all bought booze. Hulu's still available. <laughs> Hulu will survive. Just no Netflix. Yeah. Hulu is the cockroach of streaming services. CISO, CISO somehow comes back. <laughs> CISO yeah, did it's, it. Oh, it's, it's mutated and irradiated. CISO launched the strike. So... That's our episode. Yeah, feel good, guys. Yeah, stay sleep well out there. Just hang in there, guys. Yeah, you're gonna be fine. Keep your windows closed. That's another. It's <laughs> yeah. another thing yeah. you should actually do if a nuclear blast goes off. I'm gonna buy a school desk and hide under that. That's a good idea. Smart. And I love Smart. all of these things. Like this is what you should do when the nuclear blast goes off, because you'll definitely have the wherewithal and reaction time to do any of this. Yeah. Stuff. Well, the thing is, <laughs> if you well, get that would. text, if you get a text alert. Yeah. Then oh, you'll yeah. have a few minutes. You'll get a text. Oh wait, what's this? Oh, I I don't listen to these fucking it's Amber just alerts. Just a text from Trump <laughs> that like... says, "Oops." Yeah. My bad. My school had a bomb shelter when I first started going there in like 1981 or whatever, when I was in kindergarten. And I shit you not, as soon as the Berlin Wall fell, they put a fucking Pac-Man machine in that motherfucker <laughs> and made it a lounge. Like, Yeah, we were ready for it to be done. Yeah. yeah. And then it didn't really end. It did not end. It is much worse now. Oof. So that's our episode. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? Patreon.com slash pops. $5 a month. You get all kinds of extra shit. Go out and subscribe. And uh, uh, shows? Shows? I'm on, you booked the March stand-up show. I'm on Canteen Points, March 7th. Hey. Uh, I have not booked the March Unpop stand-up show at Hollywood Hotel, which will be the last Saturday in March at 9 p.m. It's free. Come out. Uh, cool. And uh, I think that's all I got. I'm going to be on the Lizard People podcast soon. Ooh. Sharing my ace of base theory. Speaking of David I Ike, hell yeah, yeah, you should just can this entire network and make a living off that theory. I bet you could. I bet you could write a book <laughs> and just do a press tour. And... I have, I have wrestled with the idea <laughs> before people read it already. Like Ranker fucking rewrote my article, credited it to someone named Ben Shapiro, not that Ben Shapiro, <laughs> the wait, other wait, Ben wait, Shapiro. Wait, wait, wait. What? Well, the ace of base theory. About no, them. I know the Ace of Base theory. But... Right. It's my theory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before I came up with that, uh, a guy who wrote for Vice, whose name was Ben Shapiro, wrote about how the one of the founding members was in a Nazi band right, before yeah. Ace of Base. And in this Ranker article, they credit all the research to that guy mm -hmm. and then just basically rewrote my article. And I tweeted at the writer and was like, hey, that like Ben Shapiro didn't research that. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I changed it. I was like, also, whose idea was this? Yeah. Was it yours or Ranker's? And she <laughs> never replied. Of course. So fuck you, Ranker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have to wrestle my Ace of Base theory away from thieves. <laughs> That's why you got to get in print, put it on a book. I might write a one-man show about it. Ooh. How about that? Uh, Olivia. What do you got to plug? Uh, I am on Twitter at Hi There Hydar, and I have a, a new podcast on the Unpops Network called Lowest Common Phenominator. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, it's a very fun show I host with Vanessa Gritton, and we talk about uh, trash culture and just whatever stuff that floats our fancy. It's a good time. We uh, Our newest episode was just about gremlins 2 uh and then we had uh next one's about careers 4 but then this is coming out what march 
Yeah, this will be out. Beyond March, so uh, I think we'll have done an episode about like System of a Down or something is what we've got planned. Gross. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, they're a good band. They are a great band. Uh, okay, fine. Chat, what do you got to plug? Uh, I feel like plugging the band Creed today. Oh, well, don't... Underrated. Their, their first albums are really fucking good. There I said What it. the fuck? No, no. <laughs> I have to plug myself. I can plug other things. But not Creed. Yeah, Jesus. I don't know. Listen to their first album. It sucks. Nah, it's pretty good. No, it sucks. Wow. It's pretty good. Wow. This is the Unpopular Opinion Network, and I am coming here with Unpopular Jesus. Opinions. That is a pretty unpopular one. Although Nickelback's first album is Nickelback's first, Nickelback's album, first album, album is was pretty good, good. Too. Yeah. I would even go as far as saying Maroon 5's first album was But good. also, I don't like that it feels like System of a Down has spurred all of these band conversations, and they are a good band. Like, they had <laughs> right. the... Look, yeah, in, 2001, sure. in 2001, okay. they had the number one album in America, and the opening track is basically a spoken word anti- prison establishment song. Where was this passion it's during the insane. Everclear talk? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Stuart, what do you have to plug? Uh, hope you all like the bands that you like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope they hope they bring you joy. Uh, hope they spark it, as Marie Kondo would say. I have a. You can follow me at Stuart B Thompson on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also follow my podcast, The Late Night Podcast, with Stuart and Luke uh, at the L Eight Night Show. On Twitter and Instagram, we do a monthly show at the Improv Lab. Next one is on Saturday, March 23rd at 11 p.m. We'd love to see you there. Uh, and you can download the podcast every Wednesday. Nice. Oh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram at Adam Todd Brown. You can keep up with my pursuit of every Mariah Carey album on vinyl. <laughs> I'm four in. I just bought the last one from someone in Venezuela. Nice. Heavy. Nice. Pretty heavy, huh? Yeah. Good for heavy. you, man. Thanks. Yeah. We Thank all, you. We all, need a, we all need a quest. Absolutely. I'm proud of you. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Stuart, say goodbye. Bye, y'all. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Chat. Why you gotta save me for less? Maybe if you went earlier with me, I wouldn't be holding out, but you always put me at the end here to drag it out. I'm not gonna say what you want me to say. Goodbye, everybody. We love I'll you. I'll say what I need to say. Hold up. 